You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject I have coming up for you is an Australian music legend. It's Jack Jones. He was in the Southern Suns, and it sounds like as though the Southern Suns have legs these days, so you might be able to look them up in directories for some shows that are happening through 2019. But the reason for the conversation with Jack is to talk about his part in the All You Need Is Love Beatles tribute shows that are happening in Sydney and Melbourne. I'll read out some dates on Sydney, in Sydney I should say. They're all happening at the Sydney Opera House on the 1st of January, 2nd of January and then the 4th of January. And Melbourne you get two shows on the 22nd of February and the 23rd. So let's have a listen to what Jack has to say. Here we go. G'day, mate. Sorry, I missed you earlier. I was just finishing it, wrapping up the last one. No, that's all good, mate. Everybody, uh, I figured that would be the case, mate, so everybody can just sort of, uh, mate, they can take a ticket and wait their turn, can't they? <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I we got into a rave about the Beatles, and of course, I couldn't stop talking. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, and it wasn't a surprise at all to see that you were, you were one of the singers that was either selected or you chose to uh, take on the rather hefty role here, mate. So what can you tell me about this show? I mean, of course, I've got the the email, uh, the, the, the bio or the statement there about what the shows are about, but, mate, in your own words, it must be very exciting to be doing this. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's a pleasure and an honour, and it doesn't come without some sort of sense of responsibility, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know... I don't take myself very seriously, but I do take the music seriously. And the opportunity to, to celebrate the Beatles uh, in this kind of form or format as well, hmm. you know, with some singers, uh, with a full orchestra, the band is magnificent. Um, you know, it's a really special, uh, special experience. And we get to do it at the Opera House, you know? I mean, yeah. how are you going to say no to anything like that? Um I absolutely love doing these gigs. They're, it's, they're always fun, um, and it, it always just reminds me of how lucky I am to be able to do this for a living and, and um, mm. you know, not only just go out and get to play my own music and, and celebrate that, but then go and celebrate a band like the Beatles, which is why I did it in the first place. Um, so, you know, we've got Kieran, Jackson, Ray... Um, Mm. They're all pretty fierce in their own right, you know. Um, yeah, it's a heck of a lineup, man. The singing lineup is one of the best that will be assembled <laughs> on one stage in Australian on an Australian stage this year. Yeah, it's really and it's and I got to say, you know, first, second, and fourth of January, it's a pretty damn good way to start the year. <laughs> it's pretty hard, pretty hard to go anywhere from there once you've done those gigs, you know. <laughs> um, so it's it's look, it's very exciting. Um, and and we get to play a lot of songs that uh, that the Beatles, I guess, could never play because mm -hmm. they they out with an orchestra. I mean, not that they couldn't play them, but you know they couldn't. You know, Sergeant Pepper's is, songs of Sergeant Pepper's are, are tough to play with a four piece. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a really great opportunity for us to <clears throat> hear those hear those songs with this. I mean, I've. Before we started doing these shows, I think the only time I'd sung with an orchestra, and I may be wrong on this, but I think the mm -hmm. only time I ever sung with an orchestra was like the carols in about 94. 
I think I remember that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was a song that Phil and I did um, called I Am Sound that he'd written. We just lost Maury Field. Okay. Um, Fields and that, and that, that's, that feeling of singing with, with, with an orchestra is just something, I don't know, I, I, it's very difficult to describe, but when, you know, when I'm, when I'm walking down through the orchestra and, I, and they're all playing, there's just something magical about um, about it, and um, and I look forward to it every year. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to do it for the last few, so um, but it's you know, and it's always different. It's uh, in the sense that you know, even even though most of the repertoire uh, is is the same because that's the show, uh, there's always little always little twists and turns, and uh, you know, I get to play my long guitar solo at the end of. Uh, I want you. She's so heavy. That's always fun. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, so there's always there's always something that's that's that, uh, you know that we don't know is going to happen. But it's um, yeah, look, it's it's just a, a privilege, an honour, and a privilege to be able to be a part of something like this. Um, and uh, and I just I I have to pinch myself every time I get to do it. To be honest with you, that's wicked. And and it's not like as if you haven't you haven't been on some pretty lofty stages, both in terms of your standing as an Australian singer in your early years in the Southern Suns and, and since, mate. So for for this to be up there, well, what I'm taking it to be up there with some of the some of the uh, proudest accomplishments in your career is really saying something. Yeah, look, it's just, I think maybe as I get older, I get, I become much more um, present how lucky I am and how lucky I've been and how, just how fortunate I am to be able to, do what I love for a living and, and do it with great people. Um, and to get, you know, I mean, it's a Sydney Opera House, man. Mm. Ah, you just think, let's drop the old, drop the F-bomb then, but, you know. No, you're right, go ahead. <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> you know, this room <laughs> is incredible. It's a mag, it's, it's an iconic venue and, and, um, you know the audience, the crowds are always so good there. Hmm. Um, you know we we a musical director for for the better part of the last kind of decade has been Paul Gray, and uh, and we lost him. We yeah. lost him this. Year. Yeah. And um, God, I'm going to get a little emotional if I start talking about it. Um, and that's going to be the biggest change. Yeah. <clears throat> for all of us this year. Um. And uh, it just always gets me, man. Still, it just still hits me really hard. He's a dear friend of mine, and and I, and I just have such, such such big love for that person. And I used to introduce him every night. Yes. And these shows, you know, as my musical mentor and a, and a dear friend, and and uh, and this year it's going to be different, and it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing, and he's going to be looking down on us. I know that, but <laughs> it's. Uh, but it's going to be, you know, that that's going to be a, um, that's, you know, we're all going to we're all going to be in that place, yeah, and uh, moments in the show, you know, we're gonna mm. we're gonna, so it's um, but you know, not to bring the vibe down, uh, but to acknowledge that you know, to acknowledge things like this that happen, I think they give you a perspective, mm. and uh, they make you just kind of feel like, hey man. Life's, life's pretty damn good. I'm pretty fortunate, um, mm. and uh, and yeah, this, you know that that room. 
it never gets old playing that room, I can tell you. I bet. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't get old. You never get, I never get blasé about it. You know, every time I get to go in there and do something, I think, hey, mate, you're pretty fucking, you're pretty lucky. Yeah. You're pretty pretty lucky to be doing this and, and we only work hard and we want you yeah hard. absolutely yeah you've worked hard but, to get where you are mate i mean i, I yeah. remember family barbecues back in the day playing the southern sun's yeah. first album you were a part of yeah. people's households yeah it's and it's funny because i've just just recently started i put a band together and started uh celebrating that first record excellent yes uh, because um because of all these things that we're sort of talking about you know, like just having, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't think anyone would really give a shit. I didn't okay. think that many people would show up for it. I thought it would just happened and we did it. And um, But the interest sort of grew and my manager, uh, this this day came up and uh, at the Palms in Melbourne and, and this manager, my, ma- my manager said to me, mate, I reckon we should take it. Let's do it. Let's try it. Mm. And I was like, dude, this is a big, you know, if that room get if we get three hundred people in that room, it's going to be a horror show, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we almost we, we well we filled the room we filled the room we were forty tickets out of selling it out of there. so yeah, it really sort of gave me um gave me a uh, hope that uh, that there might be a, an opportunity to go and celebrate that music. Now most of the other guys don't don't want to go out and do it anymore okay uh red you know phil doesn't want to play anymore and that's fine i totally respect him is that right you know, yeah he just doesn't want to man he's like if i go out and play and do anything i'll just want it to probably be my own thing maybe some little club somewhere some jazz thing or something and i was like yeah. hey you know what, man that's hey if there's, if there's anyone that's got the you know uh the privilege to say no it's you mm. <laughs> it was your band yeah so, fair enough yeah yeah. You know, like in this, in that sense, like you know, he and Virgin and stuff. So, so I just thought I, I'd like to go and celebrate the music. People ask me about it, and um, you know, so I guess bringing it back to the Beatles, it's just having having the ability to go out and do these things and have this kind of blessed life, even though it has required a lot of work and still requires, you know, maintenance. Um, it's just, it really is a privilege to be able to, to have this life doing this. And, um, you know, whether I'm seeing holding your arms, mm. whether I'm seeing the long and winding road, um, uh, if there's someone else in the room, it's a real, it's a real blessing to be able to do that. And, uh, and I don't take that, uh, lightly, you know, I really, yeah. I really am very grateful and thankful for it, for the opportunity to be able to do that, you know, and, and to keep that mask back. Are you, um, something interesting has happened actually, are you slightly aware that the Southern Sons have become one of those bands like Extreme and King's X, they've become a musician's band, you know what I mean, like musicians really love the band? Oh, mate, King's X, woo! <laughs> yeah, it's funny, you know, I think we, and I think we always had that, uh, <clears throat> that following. Yep. Like, I think there was always a component. I mean, Gin, man, in the beginning, far out, you know, we'd do a, some would do a gig in, like, this is the beginning of our career, you know, we'd do a gig yeah. and pull 400 people, and Birds would do a drum clinic and pull eight. Yeah. <laughs> hundred, yes. not eight. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and, and 
So I think we always had a we always had a bit of a um, and we and we just look we just made it as far as eras go. We just got in there at the last minute yes, before yes, you're spot on. anti music sort of or anti players. Um, yes, it took uh, took their took the mantle of of what was going to be the next you know decade of. Um, of music and, and radio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because basically, you know, without sounding like a sour puss, because I'm not sour about it at all, but but overnight, that genre of music, it was over. Mm. Yeah. It was on the radio, and then it was like never to be spoken of mm. again. Well, not again, but for a while. <laughs> so... Um, well, I think the fans, you know, sorry, just to interrupt you, I think the fans really loved it, but the media just, because it's so motivated by youth and by smashing old and creating new, they just turned their back on it. But it was interesting. It was fairly quickly, well, for, you know, all things considered in terms of musical generations, I think by the late 90s, people had stopped giving a shit courtesy of the internet and, and bands like yeah. the Southern Suns found an audience. You probably didn't realise it, but people were picking up interest online again. It's true. It's true because again, at that time, it was like the internet wasn't um, really killing it. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was still interesting and supportive in it, its own way. Everyone had it. Everyone didn't. You know, we were all on dial-up. You know, you you were he- hearing fax machine noises when you were getting online. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a completely different uh, um, uh, it was a completely different delivery system of yeah. music. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, and I gotta say, as much as I love technology and as much as I love the ability to be able to do things that I couldn't do before because of it, I do lament the 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 way I used to receive music and the way music used to the relationship I mean I still have this relationship with music because I got to have it before there was this thing called the internet hmm. I got to have it there were these things called records you know it like I'd go to bed at night with my cassette player yeah <laughs> on the pause and I'd hit the pause button when I was about to fall asleep and I would fast forward through all the chit chat and I would listen to the songs. And if I heard a song that I loved, I'd list, I'd have to find it where it was back announced and I'd have to go down to my local record store and I would order it. And Hey, most of the time it was an import. Even if it wasn't, I had to wait at least a week for it. I'd burn the tape out. Like I stole the tape. So it sounded like it was being played through a tool, you know, like, <laughs> I would play that song over and over and over again, and I would long to get the record. Mm. And I live for that. I'd what, I'd be going down to the record store. Is it, is it in yet? Is it in yet? We'll yep. call you on the call you on the landline when it's in. <laughs> you know. And there was something just so beautiful about that. And then you know when you got the record, it was such a such a golden, like magical moment when you would sit down and like put it on. You know, there's this whole mm-hmm. ritual of, uh, you know, you'd, you'd, um, you'd pull the plastic off, you'd open it off. Sometimes it's a double sort of album, kind of 
that packaging or whatever. You pull that out the inner sleeve, read all the liner notes. You knew who played the song. You knew who produced it. That's you right. Knew the horn. You knew who the bass player was <laughs> back in those days. You know, you did. You can. You, 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 that's how you discovered. Mm. That's how I discovered other people, other bands. Now, Shazam, bang. Bought the song in a week, you know, it's forgotten. Yeah. No, it it's isn't. Gone. Yeah. And music has become just disposable. And I think that is what blows me away about, and again, I just feel so lucky, so lucky that I actually got to make music and record music and have music put out and have people purchase it. Um, and they'd love to come and see gigs. And guess what? They're coming out again. Yeah. And when we do Beatles shows, it is so evident that that people still want to hear great music. Yeah. No, I don't and, disagree with that at all. You know, they they want to go out and they want to hear great music. And, and that's not, you know, that's not to say that the only great music was made in the 60s, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s or whatever, but... But, you know, there was a certain process that you had to go through, a certain set of, um, like, roadblocks to mm -hmm. get a record. And I know all these people, you know, complain about, oh, the fat cats had it so good for so long, you know. And, and yeah, let's, let's face it, there was always two sets of books. And, you know, we all knew, we all knew how, the, how the business worked. And we all... But, but you know... It wasn't all bad either. Mm, that's right. Yes, yes. No, it wasn't all bad. And, and, and it isn't all good that anyone can just make a record now too. Yes. You know? <laughs> Definitely not you know? good. It's, so it, goes, it, go, it works both ways. I think it's great that we have the technology that a brilliant artist that <clears throat> you know, may have gotten overlooked by a record company can now make their own records. I think that's fantastic. Mm. Um, but, you know, does it, do I think it's great that any person can put, and I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound too harsh here, but like any person put any like piece of shit out there and say, hey, I make music. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'm a yeah. this, I'm a that. You know, back in the day, you had to really work, you had to really work hard for it. And, and if you wanted a record deal, if you wanted that opportunity for people, the world to hear your music, it wasn't about conforming and trying to be like the next person. It was just about trying to develop your craft and, and make songs that were memorable and create something that, that, you know, a record company. And at that stage too, you know, most record companies had a lot of music people in them. Yep. They were run by bean counters. You know, that changed the industry dramatically a lot too. Hmm. So a lot of, a lot of big things kind of happened and hurt the business. Um, and, you know, the technology was just a, a part of it. Um, yeah. You know, so it's a big combo. But at the end of the day, man, I still love pulling out a record and putting it on and listening to it, particularly a Beatles record, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, or Crosby from Nash record or James Taylor, or, you know, yeah. Jody Mitchell. You know, I still love doing that. Um and I love the, the, you know, it, it's, man, look, I'm just being nostalgic now. I'm just, I'm just reminiscing cool. <laughs> about, 
You know, and and it doesn't mean that I don't that I don't use Shazam and and you know Spotify and I, I iTunes Music or whatever it is, Apple Music. Yeah, yeah. it's all that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I I don't stream. I don't do any of that streaming stuff. I still just buy music. There you um, go. Okay. Because because I just feel like even as an artist, even though it's a great opportunity for people to listen to your music, the the revenue stream is. Poor. Oh shit, else, yeah. Um, it really is. It fucking sucks, and it's a and it's a shit model for for artists like to make a living by how many streams they get. Oh, it's terrible. I know. Yep. I know. It's just the best of a bad. It's the it's a bad model, but it's the best they could do out of this bad model in terms of remunerating artists, isn't it? That, that's right. And you know, when you think, I mean, and I'm I have a, a personal friend of mine. Who had a million streams of a song that he owned half on, and he made six hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm hearing stories like that a lot. Actually, yeah, it's you know, ridiculous. Yeah, and, and just it's fucking bullshit. Like, the, I I get it, but I'll tell you, you know, people complain about fucking record companies, man, making all the money. Hmm. You got four million users that pay ten dollars a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know. There's money being made you know, somewhere, it's just not the artists. The numbers are in, and the numbers don't lie. You yeah. know, like, it's just... And yet no one's complaining. No one's saying, oh, I can't, this is this is an outrage. <laughs> you know, this mm. is ridiculous. These fat cats making all this money. You've got a room full of servers. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, I'm not... Look, I'm not putting shit on Spotify. I'm not... I'm not I know it sounds like I am. It sounds like I'm really down on them. I'm not, but you know what? It is a bit of a ruse. It's a bit of a scam in the sense that it sells people this idea. It, like, it's, you know what? I've never really liked leasing things either. Maybe it's just that I come from a bit of an older school of thinking. Mm, I understand. And maybe, yeah. yeah, I'm not just progressive. Maybe I'm not pro- progressive enough. I don't know. But if I, ha- if I don't want to be held to ransom to have to pay someone every month so I can listen to music. Mm. You know what? Fuck that. I'm going to buy the record. I'm going to give the artist the money and I keep the record forever. Mm. Well, and, you know, you're a true believer. You know, yeah. I, I, I support that. And, and you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work out for me because, you know, I've got to buy a record um, for one song. Or, I mean, I know I can buy one song oh, these days. That, but yeah. You know, but but you know, sometimes I've got to buy a song that I don't really like because I've got to learn it or something or whatever. I've done a lot of that too. <laughs> or a dollar twenty nine or whatever yeah. to do that. Like, what's the big deal? So, yep. so for me, you know, I think it's a great model for the consumer. But I think, you know, as as a consumer myself and as the, an artist myself, I have to consider for me the implications of of uh, how much I choose to participate in yeah. on that place. because you know it's and I'm one of the lucky ones mate I'm one of the more lucky ones I get to go and do these gigs I get to make a living playing music you know um, and you know you know the world's become about how many likes you get on something yeah I know, yeah. You know get, your, get your tits out 5,000 likes, you know, put a beautiful song out, 
three likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I know all about it, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you do too, yeah. What drives that machine? Hmm. You know, what's, it's what's driving that machine. And I know I'm here to be talking about the Beatles and stuff. And I guess in the end, it, it, I mean, it took them a long time to have their music on, to, you know, for, for them for, for the agreement to, to be made that their music would even be on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right, um, yeah. You know, it's it's there's been a lot of deliberation, um, and these people, you know, the Paul McCartney's of the world, you know, as progressive as they are, I think they still understand, you know, the um, the impact of all this. The commercial uh, realities of what we're doing here with yeah, music, yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So, mm. you know, thank goodness they made the music they did, and we get to celebrate it and. It's still, uh, it's still some of the most beautiful, beautiful music I've ever heard, um, and some of the most uh, masterfully crafted pop music it is ever. Yeah, uh, and it's you know to be able to to go and and perform those songs is just, it's an absolute honour and a privilege to do it. I always hope that we do it justice and that. Uh, and I'm so grateful that people keep showing up for it because, man, we have the best time doing it. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I better wrap things up so that the next one can come through. But, my, you know, I do podcasting, so if you're cool, man, I want to release this entire conversation on my podcast series because I think it's a wonderful insight it. into an extraordinary musician that you are. Oh. You know, oh, thank I've, you. I've been following you for a long time, mate, and I remember the vinyl copy of your album being on top of our vinyl player back in the early 90s, you know, oh, as I was saying. So it's, it's a special experience for me to talk to an artist who's been in and around my life for a long time, like you have been. Oh, brother, it's, look, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, the first gold record I ever got was Heart in Danger. Oh, not Heart in Danger. It was, were, oh, well, yes, it was, uh, was it? yes, it was Heart in Danger, yep. the Stink 45. Yeah, that was the first gold record I ever got, and then the first gold album I ever got was our first Southern Suns record yeah. when it went gold. And then when it went after it went, you know, double platinum or whatever it did, then then we got those on with CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I absolutely covet. Uh, I I absolutely covet those two gold records. Because I think you know what this doesn't this will this doesn't really I mean not enough this will ever happen again it's unlikely you know mm-hmm. and it's, yes um, I understand exactly what you're saying yeah a, I mean it's not me patting myself on the back saying how great am I or whatever it's just a it's just I don't know it's like feeling lucky that you got to be able to achieve something right at right at the end just before like no one knew it was never not going to happen again. Yes. People, yeah. Maybe you keep making records, you know. Mm. Um, and it's just a, a, you know, and mom, and I'll go after this, but my mum's house burnt down in the in the um, the Black Saturday fires. Oh, okay. Sorry to and hear the, that. Yeah. When she was running out of the house, <clears throat> the two things that she grabbed after grabbing their own belongings was my guitar, my acoustic guitar that I played on the Chain Reaction tour. Yep. And my golden album. That one yeah. person is here. <laughs> but you know, those things you just think, Wow. It's uh it's I don't know. 
we just we're, we're very lucky we're very fortunate and uh you're blessed but you've worked hard for it too and you've also got the talent and that's the thing uh, you know well i think it's always a you know it's got a it's a it's if you're lucky enough to get one you should honor it by doing the other <laughs> that's know, right yes if you're lucky enough to get the talent then you should honor it by by working as hard as you can because you know what there are people that that don't that aren't as talented or whatever or don't have as much of a gift and they want it so bad and exactly. they work so hard yeah and um, my teacher always used to say that to me he goes you know if you get complacent he goes don't worry there's another guy that may not be as good as you that'll get the gig over here because he works harder yeah that's right that's so true in the music industry isn't it yeah yeah I just was like alright well that's <laughs> <back to> work <laughs> Wonderful, mate. All right, well, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much, and uh, congratulations on everything again, and good luck with these Beatles shows. Thanks so much, and let me know when... Uh, give, me, give me an address. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that conversation featured Australian musical legend and icon, Mr Jack Jones. Thank you so much for listening.